Project Karyak Day 72. Mitzvah Tov Memches. Was not allowed to eat the meat of a Kachim Karim before the blood has been brought on the Mizbech. Even though the Kachim Karim were allowed to be eaten both by the Kachim and by their owners, by every Jew, but we learn from the Pasuk that there's an issue to eat them before the Zrika. The reason is because before we come to providing for our bodies, we have to learn to take care of the requirements of our nefesh. And therefore, before a person gets the spiritual benefit of the Korban, which is the Kapara, which is affected by bringing the blood of the Mizbech, the person is not meant to enjoy the physical part of the Korban, which is the meat that he's entitled to eat. The this issue applies in every place and time when they're Korbanas, both the men and the ladies. And even if a person would be Maktish a carbon today, which, as said many times, is also, there would be an additional Yisr about eating the meat before Zerika Saddam. Mitzvah Taf Mem Tes, and that is, Shadayech La'akonim Bikurim Kodim HaNechosim Ba'azara, that the Kodim cannot eat the Bikurim, which was given to them to eat, but before the Avoidah has been done with the Bikurim, which the Yisrael who brings them is required to do. We learn this from the same Pasuk, and one of the examples brought in the Pasuk is Trumas Yedecho, which Chazal understand means the Bikurim. And the avoida of the owner is to bring the Bikurim, to bring them to Hazara, to be Meniach, and put them down next to the Mizbech. And afterwards, there's a recital of the declaration he has to make. And before they've been put down in the Mizbech, the coin is not entitled to eat them. Even though the coin should wait until after the Yisrael has made his declaration, but the Yisraelites they would only apply before that, which would be before he's put them down in the Azar. Bikurim are like Truma, they're only allowed to be eaten by Koinim. If a non-Koin would eat Bikurim, it would be Chayv Shemaim, just like he would be for eating Truma. That's if they're eaten by Mezid, if they're eaten by Shagag, the person who ate them would have to pay them back, as well as an additional Chaymash. Now the fifth of the value. Even the Koin is entitled to eat the Bikurim, if he would eat them before he's allowed to, which means before they've put down in the Azara, just like we saw by Yisrael, who even though he's allowed to eat the Maitre Shani, if he'll eat it before he brings it to Yisraelim, it's This Yisr applies both to men and to ladies, when there's a base of Mikdash, and then there was a Chiyazmim Bukurim. The Chiyazmim Bukurim is specifically on the Paris of Yisrael, which is the five fruits which were brought from Yisrael. And even though the obligation to bring Bukurim is only on the men, the issue against eating Bukurim applies equally to men and to ladies. If a Koran be over and you eat Bukurim before is allowed to be Chayav Malkus, and as I said previously, if Yisrael will eat Bukurim, then it's like eating Truma and you'll be Chayav because it'll be Mezid, Mitzvah Deshemai. Mitzvah Tafnun, and that is Shalai Lazar Salavim, Milasis Lemat Nisem, not to abandon the Ravim which means to neglect to give them the maiser which is due to them. The Pasuk says, Be warned lest you abandon the levi for all the days that you are in Eretz Yisrael. The reason for the mitzvah, the Chinuch explains, that Kodesh Baruch wants the best for Klai Yisrael, 
to make him the nation which is the Am Sukura, the treasured nation, which means Am the wise and intelligent nation, that everyone should recognize them as the Zerah which Hashem has blessed. And therefore, the way that Kodesh Baruch Hu plans to do this and uh, establish within Israel what he calls Minhagim the Choinim and the Imim, the right way of actions, the right way to act, and that will ensure their survival, is that there should be one Shavit without the Chalak of Eretz Israel, and they won't be distracted with having to plow or to harvest or to reap, and therefore they'll be able to spend all their time and all their concentration to learn Chachma and to learn what Hashem wants, and they'll be the ones to teach the Mishpat, the Lacha to the rest of Klai Yisrael and everywhere they happen to be. And therefore, since one Shayat has been dedicated for this purpose, and all Klai Yisrael are meant to learn Torah from them, Hashem wanted that the rest of Klai Yisrael would pay them, so to speak, what they needed, so that that way they won't have to abandon their learning in order to make sure they have an income. It's mentioned in the mitzvah also, it's, it's all the days that you allowed Musaqa, when you're on your land, there's a reminder that the land really is from Eretz Yisrael, he's the Balabais, and therefore a person shouldn't attempt not to give the Levi that which HaKadosh Baruch was instructing him to give the Levi. And just as people who land on this are enough wealthy, have flocks, have animals, and people approach them for stalker, so Sami Torah here is a reminding, warning the, those people who become wealthy that it's their responsibility to look after the Levine. Not just uh, with the Maitre, but also in places before Yom Tov, a person has to Musameh, the Levi as well. And therefore this Mitzvah applies when Kaisha went Eretz Yisrael. If a person transgresses this and he abandons the Levi, he doesn't give him his needs to enable the Levi to rejoice as well, or he withholds his Maitre, he's over in the slab, but since it doesn't involve an action, there's no Marcus. Says the Chinuch as a postscript. From this mitzvah, we learn that the chiv that there is to satisfy and help everybody who's been mishtadel and learning Torah, because they're the ones who is con- contributing to con- continuing the emunah and the Torah and uh, the continuation of Klai Yisrael, and therefore by supporting them. And they don't have to take time of the learning to go in search of a livelihood, then Akadish Baruch will certainly take care of those people as well, who look after them. They'll enjoy a portion just like those learning Torah because it was in their source that they enabled the learning Torah to be able to learn without distraction. Mitzvah Tov Nun Aleph, and this is the Mitzvah of Shkita which means anyone who wants to eat meat of any animal, wild animal or bird, the loch is yes first to shecht it in the way the Torah explains and without that it's also to eat. The Pasuk says v'zavachta v'karcho from your cattle and from your, your herds of sheep kasher tzivisichel the way we were taught, taught to do that. Therefore just like by kachin is a dinner the carbon has to be shechted, something by Every animal a person wants to eat has to be shechted. Even though the Torah doesn't tell us what exactly Moshe was instructed, we know from Allah Moshe what the rules of Shechita are. And so the Gemara says the basic rules of Shechita is 
to slaughter the animal by severing the veshet and the kona, which means the trachea and the esophagus. And when it comes to an animal, he has to at least cut through a majority of both of those simonim. When it comes to a bird, it's enough to cut through a majority of one of them. Even though the Pasuk only mentions Bakr Vitsoyim, which are domestic animals, we know that the Torah applies this thing to wild animals also. The Pasuk says just like a person will eat a tzvi ve'ayel, a deer, and a wild goat, same thing a person has to eat the Bechor. And similarly, a bird also needs to be shechted. We learn from the Pasuk to put them together, it says, those Torahs Except the difference between a bird and an animal, as mentioned previously, is how much one has to share. However, Chazal told us that fish do not require shkita. Because the postage regarding fish says, You must call the Gayan Yasif for him. But all the fish will be gathered for them, and the understanding is once they've been gathered, they can be eaten, one doesn't need to share them. Similarly, those species of locusts, which are terraces or kosher, doesn't need to be shechted, it can be eaten even without shechita. The reason for shechita, Mechilach connects to the prohibition against eating blood, and therefore he says by cutting through the neck, where the main arteries are, that's the way to drain the blood most effectively from the animal. And we know how to eat the nefesh, which is held in the blood, together with the meat. Another reason why shirt is done from the neck and with the knife which is checked that it's not jagged, that it's smooth, is that we shouldn't be mitzar a balchai more than we need to. Because even though the Torah allows us to make use of animals, to sustain ourselves with whatever we need, we're not allowed to make them suffer for nothing. And therefore, this is the most painless form of slaughtering an animal, which is why the Torah is mitzar us to do that. The halacha brings five rules in shkita which if any of them are present will render the shkita possible and may, the meat will be also to eat. And they are Shahir, Drasa, Halada, Agrama and Ikr. Shahir means that a person waits after beginning the shkita and so before he's finished the shkita and if he's stuck in the gap of time and long enough to be able to do the shkita in, it makes the shkita possible and the amount of time it takes to the shkita, the amount of time it takes to slice through the skin of the animal and the two simonim of an animal of that type. Or when, even if we talk about a bird, the amount of time it will take to shaft through the skin of the two simonim of a lamb. There's a second shita, and that is that the amount of time spoken about is the amount of time just to shaft through the simonim. Yeah, that's only if a person pours during the shkita. If a person is using a, na- a knife which is blunted and therefore takes a long time to cut, even if he's involved in doing the shkita for most of a day, the shkita will still be kosher, as long as he doesn't take a break in the middle. However, if after cutting the rove of the first simon, he spends time cutting the end of that simon before he cuts the second one, which Alpid Neshrit isn't necessary, and then will also be considered a Shahir, and therefore the Shrit will be possible. The second thing, which is called Drasa, is if a person puts pressure on the knife and forces it instead of using a sawing motion, 
Like a person would use when he's putting, forcing the knife to cut a vegetable. And what else is possible? The way to shkita is with the sawing up and down motion. But then a chalada. And that is that the person when he shakhts has to cut that the knife is always visible. And he doesn't dig the knife into the meat. And therefore, if a person would do that, and he would like use the tip of the knife or angle it, so that it's, it's like kind of tunneled into the skin or under the skin, then that would the shkita be possible. This would even apply if the when we're shechting a sheep and there was lots of wool around the neck and if the nap were covered by the wool which is on the outside of the skin this would also be also because of halada and also the hagrama is even though the halada defines shechot as being from the neck there's a there's designated area in the neck where one can do shechot if a person would go out of that area where shechot is acceptable if the shechot would be trapped it's called hagrama this area of Shkita is when we're talking about the Kone we're talking about from with the curve at the back of the throat into the esophagus uh, to the trachea until the point where the it comes down to the level of the, where the lobes of the lung are starts to be it comes to the esophagus so he has to leave from the top the amount of a person who can hold his hands and at the end, the bottom of the esophagus is from the place where it starts getting the like filia hairs, which are also in the present in the stomach. The amount of the person has to hold at the top of the vesha to make a kosher, Mechila brings two opinions if it's considered the share of three fingers or two fingers. This is a share by an animal, however, by a bird, so then the amount of area where a person can check will obviously depend on the size of the bird. If a person began to shaft and he shafted a third within the range of what's allowed to shaft, and afterwards the knife angled out of the area, which means it went too high, and then afterwards, after cutting a second third, and he brought the knife back down, and he continued the shritter in the accepted area, it's possible, because we need most of the shritter which is going to kill the animal, which means most of the simon, to be in a kosher area of shkita. And therefore, since the majority of the simon would happen in the middle third, we need to be that that middle third is in an area which is kosher for shkita. Obviously, this idea of a partially in, partially out, the accepted area would only apply if it's too high, but if it's too low and it's going into the lungs, and even if the lung is punctured by mushroom, it renders the animal a trefer. Similarly, by the veshet, where any puncture of the veshet makes the animal a trefer, as soon as the knife will go out of the designated area, the animal will be trapped. There's also a fifth rule called Ikon, not to uproot the simonim, but to cut them, which the Chinuch doesn't bring right here. And the Lacha is a person who doesn't know these Halachas, and uh, is possible to shaft, even if other people were watching. And if he did shaft, and one would ask him if he was careful of these Halachas, even if he would have claimed to have been, if he doesn't understand what the implications of these Halachas are, so then we don't accept what he says. We mentioned earlier the principle of ikur, which means to, so to speak, detach the simonim as opposed to shechting them. The Chinuch explains that ikur isn't really a din in shechita, but it's a din that if one of the simonim got detached before it was shechted, then the animal is considered an avela, an animal which died on its own, and therefore we ask to eat it. This would either be if they're completely detached from where they were holding on to the bottom of the jaw, 
and the mouth on the back of the throat and even if it wasn't completely detached but if most of it was left hanging loose it would also be asur which means that on both sides it's lost its attachment because if it would still be attached even if it's not holding on so strongly anymore it would still be kosher and therefore if it's only detached on one side for example from the side of the jaw but on the other side so therefore in a case like that even though only a little bit is attached still that would make the whole animal kosher similarly if the throat was still attached to the jawbone even if the jawbone had been detached from the skull of the animal it would still be kosher since once it's been a majority detached it's not shaykh to shaykh anymore if that's the case the animal remains unshaykhed because a detached semen can't be shaykhed similarly anyone who wants to shaykh has to know how to check the knife because to check the knife before we shaykh both against the nail which is hard and against the skin which is soft on all three sides which means on the tip of the bed and on both sides of it and one has to feel if there's any kind of uh, dent or change in the texture of the blade and even the smallest amount will make the shkita possible one doesn't have to necessarily use a steel blade anything which can cut and is completely smooth can be used for shkita with if after shkita one finds that there is a certain imperfection on the blade you're going to say that maybe that happened when he cut through the skin of the animal before he got to the simonim and therefore when he got the simonim the, sh- the knife was already invalid and the shkhet will be possible however if after doing shkhet he uses the same knife to break bones then if that's the case since for sure that breaking or cutting through bone is going to ruin the sharpness of the knife therefore we're going to say that would cause the knife to become damaged if we're in doubt as to what caused the knife to get damaged, we're not going to be throwing it on the bone, we're going to throw it on the hide of the animals or the skin, and therefore we're going to render the shkit to be possible. If we don't recognize the shaykhet, those who hold that there's a general principle that people involved in shkitza are professionals and know what they're doing, and those that hold that if the shaykhet is in front of us, we have to examine him and see if he, well, he knows not other. The midst of shkitza applies in every place in time, both to men and to ladies. But ladies are also not allowed to eat meat of a, of a bird or any animal until it's been shechted based on what the halakha requires. And the that ladies are allowed to shecht both themselves and for other people as long as they know the halakha of the shechita and, and know how to do the practically how to do the shechita. Even a child who is shecht, the halakha is as long as the person who is a gadol and knows the halakha is watching them, that would be kosher. Nevertheless, we don't want to let children shaft because we, they're more likely to cause damage and uh, means the loss of the animal. If a person is over in this and is not careful about eating meat from any animal which wasn't shafted properly because one of these different sort of happened to it, or the knife wasn't possible, wasn't kosher to shaft with, so besides the issue of eating in the veil, which is unshaft the animal, he's also been revatal the mitzvah of shafting based on the, the way the Torah instructs us to shaft. However, if the shechita was done properly, but there's some other in, injury to the animal, which will render it to trefa, there will be the category of an isur trefa, not an isur nevela.
even though this is penalty of Malchus for eating the Veda or Trey for the difference of which categories would fall into, why does one have to give Hasra for warning for if a person were to eat it for Mezit?